You are listening to Audio Fanfic Podcast. Do it on my twin bed. By only the inevitable on AO3. Rating explicit. Dana, when are you finally going to bring a boyfriend home for Christmas? Bill asks in a manner intending to jab at Mulder. He wasn't sure what the family thought when he walked into the home behind Scully. This was the first time he'd seen any of them since they'd started their romantic relationship. Maggie had known he was coming with her for Christmas, but he wasn't sure if she thought it was as Scully's partner or as Scully's partner. He didn't want to mess this up. For the past three weeks since she'd invited him, the comforting words, Don't worry, they love you. Just be yourself did nothing to calm his worries. It wasn't like he'd never spent time with the Scully family before, but most of those encounters took place inside hospital rooms, usually because he'd gotten her involved in something dangerous. Not exactly the best place for getting to know each other. I have, she answered, not even fully turning from icing the cookie in front of her to acknowledge him. Yeah, maybe back in 1983, he laughed. Mulder just stood there, holding an array of cookie toppings for Scully to pick and choose from. Cookie decorating had seemed like such a non-threatening activity before Bill came into the kitchen. Bill, don't start, Maggie admonished. What? I'm glad Dana has a friend, but I just want her to find someone she can go home to every night, he shrugged. This whole conversation was obviously an attempt by Bill to rub it in Mulder's face that his love for Scully was unrequited, or so he thought. What Bill didn't know was that Scully did have a man to come home to every night, a man named Fox Mulder, who last night made her come three times before he even entered her, two times after that. He had half a mind to say that, but ultimately decided it wasn't worth getting sucker punched. I already have, she deadpanned. Mulder glanced over and saw a wide array of reactions. Maggie's mouth dropped open and her eyes lit up, begging him to confirm her suspicions. Tara seemed thrilled, and Bill's entire demeanor shifted from gloating to despair. What? She sighed, dropping the half-ice cookie, being made specifically for Mulder so she could place one hand on Mulder's chest and one on his back. She faced Bill with cocky defiance that, if he suspected correctly, a look she had aimed at him since they were children. Mulder's my boyfriend. We're an intimate couple, Bill. He felt his heart grow three sizes on the spot. Was this how the Grinch felt? Scully just officially staked her claim in him. The fact he could now say, Scully is my girlfriend, filled him with overwhelming love but nothing beat how he felt when he heard the unwavering pride in her voice as she said those words. It also amused him that she felt the need to elaborate, in front of her family nonetheless, that they were indeed intimate. Oh, this is such good news, Maggie squealed as she rushed towards them, bringing them both in a big bear hug. Congratulations, Tara proclaimed, before shyly adding, I'm not going to lie, though. I already thought you guys were together, she laughed rubbing her hand over the back of her head. Is that so? Bill asked. The question directed at Mulder, who was still embraced in surround sound scully. Yep, it brings me great joy to accept the title of luckiest man alive, he smiled. 
He felt one scully slap him playfully for the sentimentality, while the other laughed against his arm. Maggie backed up and fluffed his hair. You're such a sweet man. I always knew this would happen. Mulder blushed under the elder Scully's attention, and he saw Bill avert his gaze and mutter a short, congrats, most likely not wanting to start anything in front of his mom and not wanting to encounter Scully's wrath. Oh, all this excitement distracted me. Tara, I have all the food set out there. Will you help me arrange the plates? Bill, can you grab the wine from the basement while these two finish up? He now saw where Scully got her bossiness from, and it brought a smile to his face. No one questioned her instructions and followed them to a T. Scully let go of him so she could finish icing the rest of the cookies. He wasn't quite sure what he was supposed to do. So he grabbed the tin next to the racks and started putting the already done cookies inside so they could be brought to the table. Thank you, Scully said appreciatively. He grabbed one of the cookies Scully had decorated, obvious by the meticulous perfection and ate it in one bite. It caught her attention, and after finishing the last cookie, Scully wandered over to him and wrapped her arms around his middle, nuzzling her face into his chest. He brought his arms up and ran his hands up and down the length of her soft black sweater. You're going to run your dinner, she scolded playfully. She pivoted her head on his chest so that she could look up at him, eyes immediately focusing in on his lips. You have some sugar on your mouth. His tongue darted out and he licked his lips, not feeling anything. Where, he asked. Here, she smirked, raising up on her tiptoes and pressing her lips to his. He smiled against her, not used to seeing this playful, adorable side of Scully. He bent down a little so she didn't have to strain as hard on her feet. A sore back or sore toes, the painful give and take when your girlfriend was a foot shorter than you. Girlfriend. It still felt unreal. For the first time in his life, he believed in Christmas miracles. He heard the rattling of China being set in the other room and released Scully's lips with reluctance, enjoying seeing the way her eyes fluttered open and the content smile spread across her lips. He placed a kiss on her nose before letting her drop to her feet fully. That was so cheesy, he teased. You loved it, she stated with confidence, squeezing him around the middle. Before he could affirm the statement, the adjoining patio door burst open. Scully jumped in surprise, but gasped when she saw a tuft of red hair Mulder didn't recognize. Charlie? she asked incredulously. Merry Christmas, he proclaimed with a goofy, crooked smile. A woman holding a stack of presents came in followed by two young boys that Scully seemed thrilled to see, leaving his embrace to hug each and every one. The sounds of excitement drew the attention of the others, and they slowly filled into the room, reacting in much the same manner as Scully. I wasn't sure if you'd make it this year or not, Maggie squealed in delight, embracing the man in a tight hug. He hadn't heard Scully talk about Charlie as much as the others in her family. From what he had gathered, he was as shy as a boy as he was elusive as an adult. But from the absolute joy on everyone's face, his absence did nothing to diminish their affection. He never got a real chance to meet Ahab, but he could see pictures of him all over their house. Charlie looked like he got the same combination of jeans as Scully. His hair was undoubtedly red, and he had piercing blue eyes. He felt a little awkward standing there just gawking, so he offered to take the presents from Gina, Charlie's wife, to give him something to do. She accepted, and he carefully went into the other room and placed the presents down as if they were the most precious things on the planet. 
He just wanted to leave a great impression on everyone. He wanted to make Scully proud of her decision to bring him to her home, and more, her decision to make him her boyfriend. When he got back into the kitchen, everyone was still joyfully gathered around. His entrance seemed to go unnoticed by everyone except Charlie, who immediately stepped forward and extended his hand. Hey, nice to meet you. My name's Charlie, Dana's youngest brother. I presume from the way she was molesting you earlier that you're her boyfriend? What? Bill barked as Tara let out a throaty laugh. Charlie, don't give your sister a hard time, Maggie chastised, noticing Scully's face attempting to replicate the hue of her hair. Hi, my name's Mulder. I'm Scully's partner at work, and you're correct. As the molestation implied, I'm also her boyfriend. Mulder met Charlie's hand with enthusiasm, and he was surprised when he was pulled into a half-hug. It struck Mulder that the family seemed to be divided in half in terms of how they expressed themselves. Her dad was a rational, reserved man from what he'd heard, just like Scully and Bill, while Maggie would embrace a stranger on the street if she thought she could help, just like Melissa and Charlie. It was amazing to see. Nice to meet you. I've heard good things. Mostly, he smiled, taking a slight jab at Bill Jr., who didn't look too enthused. It amused Mulder to see everyone apparently ragged on Bill for his bad attitude. Well, now that everyone's here, let's go eat, Maggie beamed. How she spontaneously accommodated for the arrival of four new mouths, Mulder didn't know. The woman was a saint in his mind, so he didn't question her powers too much. They sat around the table, adorned with huge bowls of delicious-looking food scattered. One of the kids reached out to grab a corn on the cob, but Maggie gently scolded them. Wait now, Travis. We need to say grace first. Mulder watched as everyone linked hands, Scully nudging him with her own to imply he should join. He'd never really done this before, so he just took Scully's hand in one palm and Tara's in the other. He saw everyone else bow their heads, so he just followed suit, listening as Maggie's voice filled the dining room. He'd been able to keep the guilt from gnawing at him too much, but bowing his head in a prayer he didn't know how to participate in. He couldn't help but wonder if he was sitting in Melissa's seat. Everyone was so happy to be reunited with Charlie. He could only imagine their grief over the sibling they'd never see again. The Scully sibling gone because of his mission. And may we take a moment to remember William and Melissa, who are celebrating in heaven with all the others we have lost. We love you both. Maggie's calm voice rang, adding to his guilt. He squeezed Scully's hand lightly in a gesture of comfort, and she reciprocated it back to him. Soothing, rubbing her thumb along the side of his hand, as if she could absolve him in touch alone. When the prayer ended and all the amens were said, Scully leaned over and gave him a sweet kiss to the side of his mouth before diving into the array of food in front of them. Dinner in his household was always a solemn event, as if displays of stoicism would result in a prize. Sometimes it felt like they thought if they made him feel bad enough, she would come back. Samantha's empty chair was the loudest thing in the room during the holidays, to the point of being deafening. Maybe it was the years of that awkward tension that made him suspect the same would happen here. Nothing but passive-aggressive glares tossed his way, enough targeted comments to make it known that he was to blame. He was prepared. He knew how to handle it. Look down and accept the blows aimed at you in silence. But they never came. Instead, he was accepted with great big smiles and warm hearts. Minus Bill. But even the elder brother's hesitant judgment didn't deter Mulder from enjoying himself fully. 
He got to hear anecdotes about Scully that he knew she never would have shared with him herself. Two-year-old Scully crying hysterically when she saw Santa, when she peed her pants while at her first haunted house, how she used to collect foxes as a child. Some things never change, Bill joked, taking everyone by surprise before they burst out laughing. After dinner, they all gathered in the living room to watch National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. He sat on the love seat, expecting Scully would sit next to him, but was surprised when she laid her head down in his lap and sprawled out on the rest of the couch. He looked down at her with a beaming smile and was captivated by how beautiful she looked. Her hair sprawled out on his lap like a crimson halo, and the Christmas lights from the tree glimmered in her eyes. He raised a hand to brush some of her hair from her eyes before leaning down and chastely kissing her on the lips. When he leaned up, he saw Maggie looking at him with an unsuppressed smile threatening to crack her cheeks, a smile he himself was having a hard time holding back. He felt Scully nuzzle into him a little more, and he just stroked her hair as they watched Chevy Chase beat up a Santa Claus lawn ornament. They stayed like that for maybe 20 minutes before Scully snored. It was so loud that everyone turned in surprise and tried poorly to cover up their laughter. Oh, Dana, her mother laughed, the light in her eyes bright and content. Mulder brushed a few strands of hair away from her face to reveal a wet spot forming on his jeans from her drool. He laughed good-naturedly and looked at the Scully clan. I think I'm going to take her to bed so her neck doesn't hurt in the morning. He eased one arm under the crook of her legs and let the other one support her back before standing up while lifting her in his arms with ease. Her head lulled against his chest, but she didn't stir. Maggie stood up and walked over to them. Oh, Fox, I'm so glad you came. I haven't seen Dana so happy and carefree in too long. Mrs. Scully, I can't thank you enough for letting me celebrate with you all. I've never really celebrated Christmas with family like this. And you accepted me with open arms. I'm just eternally grateful to you for bringing this woman into the world. He praised, holding up Scully's limp body for emphasis. If she could go out of her way to accommodate him and accept him into her family, he could put himself out of his comfort zone and be completely honest. Maggie looked genuinely touched and moved around Scully to hug his side, pressing a kiss to his cheek sweetly. Sweetheart, you're welcome here anytime. From the corner of the room, Charlie's wife pouted. You've never celebrated Christmas with your family before? Mulder turned to her, minding Scully's legs. Nope. There was a chorus of sad, shocked reactions before he added, Because we were Jewish. The sad expressions quickly turned to laughter, and Mulder felt his chest warm at being included in this family. When the laughter died down as Scully's snore broke it up, her head fell back and her jaw fell open comically. I should really get her to bed before she wakes the rest of the neighborhood. Another chorus of laughter erupted before everyone, including Bill, bid him a good night. He walked down the long hallway he remembered and stopped at the door adorned with a poster of Timothy Hutton from Taps, immediately recognizing it as Scully's childhood bedroom. Mulder, he was so dreamy. How could you not have had a crush on him? He carefully opened the door and shut it behind them, navigating by the blue moonlight streaming through her frosted window. He pulled back the pink floral bedspread and laid her gently on her twin-sized bed. He quietly pulled on the string of her bedside lamp before trying to make her comfortable. He lifted up her sweater slightly before unbuttoning her skirt, pulling down the zipper as softly as he could. 
He paused, trying to determine if he woke her up yet. Her chest fell evenly, and he heard the soft rasp of an incoming snore, and he knew he was still fine. He lightly placed himself between her legs, using his thighs to lift up her own, as he hooked his fingers simultaneously underneath the waistband of the black fabric and her nylons. He dragged them down slowly, inch by inch, ignoring his fingers' yearnings to caress the skin, grazing his knuckles. Once they were off, he stood up and gently folded them on top of her dresser. He saw her overnight bag sitting next to his own on the floor. Mulder bent down and rifled through hers for a moment until he found a pair of cotton shorts she'd packed. Making his way back to her sleeping form, he grabbed one of her ankles and tried to guide it through the leg hole. He almost gasped when she rocked up and locked her legs around them, grabbing his shoulders before falling back and taking him with her. Hey there, sleepyhead, he teased. Her eyes were wide open, and she was giving him an early Christmas present with a thousand-watt smile she had beaming at him with. I was never asleep, she whispered, before wrapping one of her hands around the back of his neck and pulling him down for a deep kiss. She tasted like gingerbread and frosting, sweetness he'd come to associate with Scully. He braced himself on his forearms as he reciprocated, lapping at her full bottom lip playfully with his tongue. As she opened her mouth, she shifted her hips underneath him, so that ground against him. He pulled back with a breathless chuckle and met the coy, lust-riddled gaze she was admiring him with. Scully, your entire family's in the next room, he explained, ignoring the tightening of his pants from her genuous menstruations. I know, she purred, drawing out the last syllable. Why do you think I was pretending to be asleep? I wanted to give you an early present. She winked, bringing her lips to his neck so she could suck on his pulse point, which was no doubtably humming wildly under her touch. He hadn't felt this way since he was a teenager, lust driven by the fear of getting caught, of being heard. He was never one to deny her what she wanted, especially when it was so tempting to him as well. Giving in, he let his body weight drop a bit so that his erection nestled more firmly against the apex of her thighs. She gasped, and he bent down to capture the sound in his mouth. She tried to slide her tongue into his mouth, but he pulled back as punishment, ignoring the trail of saliva that connected their lips. If we're going to do this, you have to be quiet. I don't want your family coming down the hall to catch me defiling you. Oh, is that what you're doing? I don't quite feel defiled yet, she teased. Well, we'll just have to change that, he smirked. He lifted off her just slightly so he could ease his hand down in between them, sliding deftly under the elastic band of her underwear. They bit their lips simultaneously, him for discovering how soaking wet she was and her for getting the touch she'd been craving for he didn't even know how long. He peppered kisses over her face as he rubbed his index and middle finger against her clit, using her arousal as lubricant. He felt her slowly pumping her hips against his hand as they found a steady rhythm. They stilled as they heard a soft knock at the door, followed by a feminine voice calling out, Fox? Dana? He fell to the side of the bed by the wall and brought the blankets up to cover them. Scully must have felt confidently adjusted because she called out, Come in. In his panic, he simply laid on his side and spooned her, shut his eyes and pretended to be asleep. 
He obviously didn't care. He was stabbing her in the flesh of her ass with his erection so he could hide it from Maggie. He'd rather run naked down the street than in Priatus in front of the woman he regarded so highly. From the way she tantalizingly nuzzled herself backwards, she didn't mind. He listened as the door opened and slippered feet padded across the carpet. I realized there was only one pillow in here, so I wanted to bring an extra. Though I see Mulder was able to sleep regardless, she whispered softly, smile evident in her tone. He felt Scully turn to look at him, and he knows she was rolling her eyes at him without even seeing. Thanks, Mom, she whispered back. He sensed her pushing the pillow he was half laying on so that it would slide under his head, and he pretended to sleepily adjust so she could before putting the new pillow under her own head. How did you get so lucky, Dana? I ask myself that every day, Mom. Mulder wondered to himself what would make it more evident that he was awake, if a spontaneous smile burst onto his face, or if he started crying, because he felt like doing both from the pure sincerity of their words. I'll let you both get some sleep. He heard her press a kiss to Scully's head, and he almost jumped when he felt her press one to his temple. He feels a little hot, honey. Make sure you look after him. Don't worry. I will, Mom. Good night. I love you. I love you too, sweetie, she said before easing the door shut behind her. They waited a moment in still silence until they heard the sounds of her footsteps disappear completely. Mulder opened his eyes and squeezed Scully tightly before tilting her on her back so he could hover over her. She looked up at him with shy contentment, and he swore he'd never loved anyone so much in his entire life. I'm the lucky one, Scully. It overwhelms me how much I adore you. She smiled sweetly at him before grabbing the back of his neck and pulling him for another kiss. The size of the bed made it hard to maneuver, but Mulder was able to pull Scully on top of him, so she was straddling his still raging heart on. He thrust his hips up lightly against her, and she broke the kiss apart to breathly laugh. Are you still okay with doing this? If I think of Rohickey enough, I'm sure I could get this to go away, he asked, emphasizing what he meant by this as he ground into her center with a circular motion. God, yes, she whispered. She bit her lip and let her weight fall on him more, rocking in place to get more friction. She was still only wearing her underwear from the waist down, and from his vantage point, he could see the light cotton fabric was soaked with her juices, becoming a bit transparent so that he could see the outline of her pubic hair and where her lips met. His gaze was distracted when she reached for the hem of her sweater and drug it up her body, tossing the fabric to a random corner of the room. He could see her nipples protruding the cups of her silky bra, and it made his cock throb between them. Switch me positions and take off your clothes, she commanded. She raised a leg to give him an escape, and he followed her instructions immediately, taking far less care with his clothes than he had with hers. As he did this, she unclasped her bra and eased her panties down her legs, leaving her bare to him on the bed with a butterfly bedsheet. She laid down while watching him unbutton his shirt, letting her legs fall apart as she slid a hand down her body to touch herself. He always thought when people felt Christmas spirit, it meant they were merry, not mind-blowing horny. Not here. Scully was in her childhood home, her entire family a stone's throw away, not even five minutes after having a heartfelt conversation with her mom, touching herself while looking at him like he was a four-course meal. He didn't question it too much. 
he was more than willing to let her devour him. He climbed in between her spread legs and used one of his hands to replace hers, rubbing her clit in a circular motion before cupping some of her juices and stealing it from her. She looked like she was about to whine from his missing touch, but her face turned to rapture when she realized he moved her arousal to his shaft and started coating himself with it, stroking himself firmly to spread her wetness evenly. When he did this, his gaze locked with a photo on her nightstand. It was a school photo of when she was a teenager. Her hair was crimped and frizzy, and she was smiling a wide smile filled with braces. It was adorable, and absolutely not what he wanted to see while touching himself. Um, Scully, he asked. Hmm, she moaned, sensually behind closed lips. Can I turn that photo around? You look so cute, but I feel like I'm exposing myself to a child. Her brow furrowed as she looked around for what he could possibly be talking about. When she caught sight of the photo, she laughed. Oh, God, she shoved it into a bedside drawer. She looked back at him with mild mortification and requested, pretend like you never saw that. Saw what? All I can focus on is the beautiful woman in front of me, he whispered. He adjusted himself so he lined up with her opening before plunging into her, inch by inch. Fuck, she gasped between gritted teeth, throwing her head to the side and pressing her knuckles to her lips to keep herself quiet. He leaned down and took a nipple in his mouth as he waited for her to adjust to him. Though she was so wet, he didn't really know if she needed it. After a few moments of nipple play, she started squirming beneath him, and he got the hint to move. He pulled out slowly before thrusting back in. She dropped the fist and instead resorted to grabbing handfuls of the sheet at either of her sides. Encouraged by her enthusiastic response, he started picking up the pace. Creak, creak, creak. He stopped as he looked at Scully for further instruction. Her bed sounded like a wailing banshee. Shit, she cursed, looking thoroughly offended. Switch me again. He shifted most of his weight to his right leg, trying to give her room to slide out the other way. However, he underestimated how much space he'd given himself, so when he lifted his leg to give her room, he fell off the bed. She gasped and looked over the side at him, no doubtly seeing the sorry sight of an injured man with his boner comically bobbing in the air. Are you okay? Just a bruised ego, he joked, when he stood up and felt a sharp pain in his side, and maybe a bruised hip. She scooted as much towards the wall as she could and padded the mattress. Come here, I think I know what could help with the pain. Excited to forget his little tumble, he laid on his back in the middle of the bed. I forgot how many issues I had trying to keep the bed from creaking when I was young. He hadn't heard many tales of her teenage sexual trysts, and his eyebrows shot up. So this bed has seen the moves of many of your lovers, he asked. She laughed as she situated herself over his erection, stroking him a few more times to regain lubrication. No, no, you've seen how rigorous my masturbation is. It was just me, my hand, and Timothy Hutton, she explained, pointing upwards. He followed her hand and realized there was a poster of Timothy Hutton from Ordinary People taped precariously to her ceiling. You have got to be kidding me. She looked down at him like the cat that ate the canary. What can I say? I love tall, handsome men. She soothed while running her hands up and down his chest. I feel like he's watching us. Only in my dreams, Scully sighed jokingly. Before he had a chance to respond, 
She lifted herself up and impaled herself on him. As soon as he felt her tight heat encompass him, he couldn't give a fuck who was watching. He started rocking up into her as she gyrated her hips. Creak, creak, creak. Jesus fucking Christ, she seethed, halting her motions with him still in her. Scully be nice, it's his birthday, he chastised teasingly. An amused smile graced her lips, but she looked lost in thought. Let me try something. Don't rock. He nodded and watched as she started bouncing on her knees, letting her weight and gravity move her up and down his length. Squeak, squeak, squeak. Hell hath no fury like a sexually frustrated Scully. She got off him like the bed was on fire and stood next to him with her hands on her naked hips. Hey, he cooed like a peace offering. I could go down on you to make it up to you. She shook her head immediately and fixed him with a determined glare. No, you're gonna fuck me, Mulder. I've been wanting this all night. Well, when she put it like that. Hey, come here. She started to walk away and he wasn't sure where she was going, so he jumped up and followed her. He hoped the rest of the family had gone to sleep or that they were at the loud part of Christmas vacation because Scully wasn't exactly being quiet and he doubted any of them really wanted to hear her scream at him to fuck her. She hoisted herself up against a dresser that was conveniently at his crotch level and spread herself to him. Regardless of the world being against her in this moment, her arousal was still courting her inner thighs and her sex was pink, swollen, and inviting. He made his way over to her and noticed the entire dresser was covered in trophies. He picked one up and read it aloud. Dana Scully, 1976, first place in trap shooting. I didn't know you did trap shooting. The look she gave him implied she'd shoot him if he got distracted one more time. So he set the trophy down and grabbed her thighs. He nestled himself in between her legs once more and slid into her with ease. He started bucking into her while he kissed her neck. Bang, bang, bang. He didn't need to look any further. He'd solved the mystery of the horny beast. Brace your weight with a hand against the wall. Then maybe the dresser won't slam against the wall, she commanded. He did as she said, and it actually worked for a time being, until she started sliding off the dresser. That's it, she spat. She shimmied down his body so her feet were on the ground. He was sad they had to stop. His erection was even more upset. But he knew if he just went to the restroom, he'd be fine again with a few minutes, his hand in a running sink. As he turned to grab some shorts to put on, he noticed Scully had thrown herself on the floor. He stared at her in surprise. And she simply stated, nothing will creak, squeak, or bang down here. There was something oddly primal and carnal about taking her on the floor, and he was dropping to his knees within seconds, crawling his way towards her. His face reached her crotch first, and he teasingly licked her from bottom to top of her opening, sucking on her clit for a second before kissing his way up her body. By the time he got to her lips, she was withering beneath him, hooking her ankles around his back in an attempt to get him inside her. He chuckled at her eagerness and whispered, The holidays turn you on, Scully? No, but you sure as hell do, she smirked. Angling her hips perfectly, gained him to slide into her once more. They both shuddered in pleasure, and he picked up the pace, gaining momentum and force with every thrust that didn't have an additional sound, unless the additional sound was Scully's muffling and moan. She'd never been quiet or demure in bed, so he was surprised she wanted to try something so risky.
The holiday manicure she'd given herself was raking down his back now, only adding to how animalistic he felt right now. The carpet dug into his knees painfully, and he was worried about the massive case of rug burns Scully would have on her back. But judging by her face, it was the least of her concerns right now. He angled his hips in a new position, halting at the whimper she let out. That's it, Mulder. Right there, she whispered, a bead of sweat trailing down her temple into her hairline. He thrust relentlessly into her and felt her sweaty thighs clench around his hips. He loved it when she did that. Mulder bent down and nibbled at her jawline, paying special attention to the area of her neck underneath her ear, right above her pulse point. She loved it when he did that. All of a sudden, her legs released themselves from his lower back, and she placed the pads of her feet on the other side of his and lifted her hips up so that their lower abdomens ground together even more than before. He left one forearm on the ground to support his weight, and the other reached down to grab a handful of her ass, pressing her closer to him, as he needed the mound. Scully's eyes practically rolled to the back of her head, and she started quaking beneath him. He felt her inner walls clamp down around him, and he knew she was coming. You feel fucking incredible, he growled, his thrust losing any rhythm as he manically thrust into her, desperate to come with her. He didn't have to try very hard. The combination of her walls pulsing around him and her little mules of barely contained pleasure and the sight of her quivering had his balls clenching as he shot hot and deep inside her. He sheathed himself to the hilt as he rotated his hips, drawing out the last of their orgasms as he panted above her. When they were done, he kissed her passionately on the mouth and wiped the sweaty tendrils of hair from her face. She giggled, come drunk and nuzzled her face against his aftershave, just relishing in the simple contact. He reached over and grabbed his discarded shirt before leaning himself up on his haunches. He wiped Scully off first, taking care while rubbing the fabric against her still sensitive groin and inner thighs before wiping himself off. Then he stood up and offered his hand to her as he escorted her to the bed. They were both too tired to put on any pajamas, so he just turned off the light and cuddled with her. They usually weren't the pillow talk type, but he couldn't help himself. You actually called me your boyfriend. She started a little bit, as she was prepared to drift off to sleep before his voice distracted her. Is that okay? I just didn't want to tell you how happy it made me, if it just sounded better than saying, lover in front of your family, he answered honestly. You're more to me than just my lover, she responded immediately. You're my everything. He smiled in the darkness, but he knew she could see it. I love you, Scully. I love you too, Mulder. He didn't know when the darkness became dawn, but the first thing he registered was the warmth of Scully's naked body enveloped in his and the morning light shining into the room. The next thing he noticed was the small child standing next to the bed looking at him. He jumped in surprise before he remembered he was at Scully's family home, and this was one of Charlie's boys, the youngest, Trent. He was staring at them with unabashed joy, and it warmed Mulder's heart. Hey, buddy, what's going on? Santa came, the five-year-old beamed, jumping up and down. Mulder had never experienced this situation before, and it was one of the cutest things he'd ever seen. Can I tell you a secret? The boy nodded vigorously and took a step closer to the bed. Santa came in here last night and told me that you were on the very top of the nice list. He heard how well you were doing in school and how good you were with your brother. Mulder informed him seriously, speaking in the soft tone so Santa didn't hear him betraying his confidence. 
Are you serious? The boy asked, his eyes almost as wide as his smile. Mulder nodded seriously, holding up his hand in a mock Boy Scout salute. On my honor. The boy clutched his cheeks like it would help him contain his excitement. His face lit up when he realized he'd forgotten why he'd come in here. Oh, Grandma asked me to wake you guys up. We're going to open presents soon. Tell her we'll be down in a few minutes, okay? Okay, Wolf, the boy responded. Mulder was pretty sure he meant Fox, but he was too endeared to correct him. He ran out of the room and shut the door softly as not to disturb Scully. Not that it mattered because as soon as the door shut, the boy screamed at the top of his lungs while running down the hall. Mommy, why do I have to wear my pajamas when Auntie Dana and her friend get to be naked? If you like this story and would like to contribute, you can do so by going to our Patreon page at www.patreon.com forward slash audio fanfic pod. As a patron, you are granted early access to one new story of your choosing per month. Thank you for listening. And remember, the stories are out there. <laughs>